0: This is what I've Madam here, and welcome to People My Dog Would Like, where I get to speak with interesting people about their game-changing ideas, fresh initiatives, and out-of-the-box movements with an eye on the future. Today, my guest is Greg Bernarda, who is an author, advisor, speaker, and game-changer who works with individuals, teams, and organizations on strategy, innovation, and transformation. His work focuses on aligning individuals and communities behind their purpose, and facilitating the design and launch of products, services, and business models. In 2014, he co-founded the sustainability Sustainability retreat NOE in Evian, France, and in 2015, the Lyft Lab, open innovation accelerator in Geneva, Switzerland. Both ventures run annually. Greg is the co-author of the best-selling book, Value Proposition Design, an all-in-one visual toolkit and online companion to create products and services people want. It would not be far off to suggest there's a copy of it on every business bookshelf throughout Europe and indeed the world. He's advisor to sustainability consulting shop Utopies in Paris and of the joint US-China collaboration for clean energy in Shanghai. He's a passionate curiosity for how innovative business models might hold a key to building our future. Greg sits on the side of the fence that believes it is possible to solve intractable societal and environmental problems at the same time as keeping the promise of prosperity alive for our organisations and our economies. Before he started his own consultancy, Greg worked at the World Economic Forum for nearly a decade, engaging members into initiatives to address global and industry issues affecting us all. He's co-founder of Hanwang Forum, a platform for partnerships between China and Europe, driven by ethics and sustainability. His clients range from startups and incubators to multinationals and not-for-profits, including the likes of Colgate, Volkswagen, Nestle, Harvard Business School and Peking University. He's been in Melbourne recently delivering a strategizer masterclass for business leaders, providing guidance for these leaders to do work and produce stuff that remains relevant, innovation-focused, and nimble when faced with the challenges of new competition and smart tech. And a new economic landscape. It's a landscape that's rapidly changing the way we live, work and play. So I thought today we could talk a little bit about the work Greg does globally, developing fresh models and tools we could utilise to alleviate some of these wicked challenges that are emerging as we transition to a new economy. It's an exciting time to be looking into these issues and more. So Greg, pleased to have you here today. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your hectic schedule in Europe to have a chat. So tell me what has been keeping you busy in the last couple of weeks.
1: Hi Lizzie, good to be here. Um, well I uh you know came back from Australia and uh, got back into my uh my routine here in uh, in Switzerland. Um mm-hmm. so I think he, you mentioned in your very nice intro that um build we're building some uh, some platforms um with uh, with a few colleagues here. Uh so we're we're starting to um plan for 2018 especially with the uh, the lift lab and the annoy people so two of these platforms that um, are there basically to welcome teams to accelerate their projects in a in a meaningful way so um no, I think in particular- Are
0: they like accelerators? Is that they, they kind of like incubate? Is it, so? Is it like an incubator space or an accelerator space?
1: Yeah, accelerator is the right word, I think, uh, in the sense that you know, incubator I think is about starting a new project. Accelerator is about wel- welcoming a project anywhere in its um, development journey and and you know, mm-hmm. kind of kicking it and accelerating it, maybe redesigning, uh, redesigning it the yep. way.
0: Okay. Okay. So listen, tell us a little bit about yourself. What, I mean, I, when I, when I talk to you, when I've talked to you in the past, I get a strong sense that you've come from a design thinking space. You're certainly very human centered in the way you go about, um, advising corporates and even individuals. Is is that the space that you've always come from? Tell us a little bit about where you've come from.
1: Yeah. So, You know, I spent my the beginning of my career at the World Economic Forum for about eight years, Um, and so I was fascinated there about the idea of bringing people together from different walks of life and putting them together to come up with a more holistic solution. Um, And I I think in the process, I discovered what that meant to you know come up with holistic solutions. And one of these things is to make sure that you are You know, I think there's a tendency, if you 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 know, in the places where we do that, there's a tendency to be a bit technical about it. You know, to have technical solutions uh, or mechanistic solutions Mm. to to anything that you're working on. And I think just I was was always touched by the people and the methodologies that are saying, "Wait, no, 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 this is not about you know." bringing in a new technology, it's about actually focusing on what we're trying to do here. And everywhere, you know, in every problem, what you're really trying to do is really improve lives of people. Um, yeah. So I think that's where I, I've been coming from, um, you know, with this design thinking uh, angle.
0: Out of interest, what did you, I mean, you're a young guy, What, what did you? what were you doing at uni to kind of direct you into this space? Was it relevant? was the study that you were doing I talk about tertiary models being slightly outdated these days as in tertiary education what what kind of degree did you do to yeah uh, you know start your journey
1: yeah it's a good question because I, I I suffered a lot big be- before uni to choose my topic you know I, I was Mm. kind of torn between do you do something to get a job after or do you do something that interests you but you know where you feel like mm, you know you look at the surveys and they don't they're not really hiring these people so <clears throat> i did a first year where i tried my hand at law and i really hated it <laughs> so i quit after yeah. two months i went traveling <laughs> and then i came yeah. back and um I enrolled in this program that was a mix of sociology and political science and international relations. Um, Mm. So, you know, did I I learn anything practical that I applied in my job afterwards? Not really. But I felt that it educated me in terms of how I was looking at the world, how to think critically about things. Um, Mm. And, you know, one thing to relate to the other question you just asked, I remember, especially sociology courses, where, and I remember particularly a book that said, um, you know, if people, you know, when we when we went to the moon, right, it wasn't because technology all of a sudden made it possible to go to the moon. It was because we decided to go to the moon, and so that really had an impact on me. You know, I felt like, well, you know, what we're actually creating our own reality here, and we we're doing uh, we're doing what you know what we want really technology kind of follows
0: yeah kind of technology enables us but it's really those visions that we have about our dreams that really are what kickstart us isn't it
1: yeah i think so yeah and they can be uh, and listen yeah i was going to say they can be conscious visions, so or they can be just us being on autopilot and you know kind of uh, keep doing the same thing without without thinking about things. And I think in both cases, you you know, we, we create our own reality.
0: Yeah, absolutely agree with you on that. And I think we'll get to that. We'll, we'll touch, we'll dive deeper into what you're saying there a little bit later. But what I'm aware of is you talk about organisations that are designed for the 21st century versus the 20th century, and, you know, you've obviously traveled all around the world. I, I can't remember how many countries you visited, but I know you visited a lot and you advise a lot. I expect you see different kinds of challenges faced by large and small organizations. What what do you mean by the 21st century versus the 20th century?
1: Yeah, so I think it's a realization that, um, I mean, you know, we hear that everywhere, that the that the world is changing faster, it's becoming more complex, etc. cetera, right? And so... Yeah. I think there's a number of actors that are at the forefront of embracing that change and making new things happen. Um, good and bad, you know there's a lot of disruption, there's a lot of innovation, etc. right. And then there's a lot of actors that are, I would say a little bit stuck in the 20th century. Um, and for me, the tw- the difference between 20, 20 and 21st century is that in the 20th century, the name of the game was, you know, exploitation, you had one idea, you had one vision, you had one model. And the whole, you know, uh, task was to implement that thing uh, quite well. And so, you know, the the image of the factory and the image of uh, just the, you know, org chart that was structured to implement something, to execute on something uh, comes Mm -hmm. to mind, right? So, And so I think there is now a new model in the 21st century, for me, the name of the game is more about innovation and exploration, uh, and if you keep the same structure, uh, the factory and the org chart, the hierarchical org chart and all of this, and, you know, you move and live in the world of the 21st century, all of a sudden I think you're ill-suited for the kind of world that we live in.
0: Mm. So are you saying that a 21st century company or organization is perhaps less hierarchical is that is that something that you're saying
1: yeah i think there's definitely a uh, something about hierarchies the way that hierarchies are changing um i i think the key word for me would be agility uh, agility in how people are able to move from one job to another, even within the same corporation, you know, if you're talking about big corporations, um, mm. but how, you know, uh, there's fluidity in the organization where we organize around uh, problems or projects or visions rather than tasks that are, that you know, are never going to change. Um, so, you know, without, uh, before having something that's kind of set in stone and, that is becoming institutionalized. We realize, well, wait—you know, the, the, this world keeps changing, so let's keep changing with it. Mm. Um, so I think that agility, I think, is 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 key uh, in 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 making that that shift.
0: What does the future look like in your eyes? I mean, how do you view the big multinationals and startups? Where do you think we're heading when it comes to, say, the future of work? Are you feeling that the big multinationals will will, you know, cull staff? Do you feel, I mean, there'll be less hierarchical perhaps, but, you know, I mean, in as much as you just said, you know, the former model seemed quite exploitative, does that mean that you feel that it will be very different in the future?
1: Yeah, so I think the jury is still out. You know, I, 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 I definitely see that more people are kind of sharing a different vision of the future, one where, uh, you know, so it's not about exploitation and and it's more about, uh, it's also more about, so it's more about innovation, it's more about collaboration as well. Um, So I, I think the, the, the view that I have, you know. So first of all, I'm. It's not a prediction of the future, right? Because I think um, there's different forces, so to speak, at work. Um, mm. I mean, I, yeah.
0: I mean, we talk about the top. I think the, I think the top eight wealthiest people in the world have are the net same net worth as the poorest fifty percent of the world. I mean, yeah. So there is massive inequality at the moment. What I guess I'm asking is. Will they be touched, or are you talking the layer below where you know you've got these massive organizations that have been quite hierarchical in the past? They've been quite exploitative, let's be honest, in the past. And I guess where I'm hearing you go is it will be less exploitative, there'll be more a we're all winning here because this new model is going to ensure that the people that have had wealth in the past aren't having the wealth taken away, it's just generating new wealth for the people that didn't have it before.
1: Yeah, so I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but I'm saying there's a potential for this to happen because we have now the tools and the mindsets and, you know, more and more people want that kind of world. Um, i'm'm I'm not saying that's for sure going to happen because I think there's an interesting you know there's'm I'm, I'm overall i would say optimistic about it happening, but i mm. you know i i am not going to say it's going to disappear. I think there's something interesting as well when even when a new model, let's say if a collaborative model or even if you take the peer to peer uh you know kind of industry right the Airbnbs and yeah. um, Ubers et cetera of the world right. In some ways, let's take Airbnb, it's a better example, I think right now, Um, where Airbnb is a a great kind of platform that comes out of this movement of of peer-to-peer. At the same time, what they've done is that they've created a corporation, uh, 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 you know, about it. And so wealth gets concentrated in the hands of the owners again. Yeah. Uh, So you know, they, they're making the world more open and, you know, creating opportunities for all sorts of people. At the same time, it's it's kind of going back to the same model of uh, wealth They get their cut.
0: Yeah, so they've got their commission. They're getting wealthier. And whilst it's generating some form of income for more people, it's still a lot of wealth going into the hands of a few.
1: Yeah, I think that's, there's still an element of the old system in that. Yeah. And, and so now what you see in you know, there's a guy who talks about this, his name is Nick Grossman in the US, and he, he says, you know, you, you often see these this movement of um, innovation happening at the fringe, right? So uh, before Airbnb, I guess I guess they're still in, in place is couch surfing, right? Couch surfing is kind of the the uh, the non-capitalistic Airbnb, so to speak. Yeah. But then a big corporation kind of looks at this trend and says, Oh, let's organize this better, let's make it more efficient. Uh and by doing that, they're, they're kind of applying the same rules, um, you know, as, as you know, a, a normal corporation. And then again, at the fringe, maybe there's going to be some things, um, uh, you know, uh, sprouting up new models uh, that are going to maybe push us forward a bit a bit further. So my point is that I think this trend is happening. There's also more consumers interested in, in doing the right thing and, you know, buying the right types of products and services. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's a little bit of this back and forth process, always, right? Constantly uh, iterating, standards.
0: isn't
1: it? Yeah, constantly iterating, and 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 also being kind of caught back by the um, by the stuff that we've been used to, and also we kind of inventing something new at the same time. as being caught back by the um, by the old models a little bit, yeah, um, and and so. You know, I think it's gonna it's gonna take time for it to really, really change, really be different.
0: Mm. And listen, we talk about the future of work and the you know the kind of the gig economy that everyone keeps talking about. Do you have thoughts on how work will evolve and what it will mean to us?
1: Yeah, I think uh, you know, from an individual standpoint, I think the. F- you know, my feeling is that it's it's more and more important to look after yourself in terms of, you know, are you doing the kind of work that is um, aligned with your talents, aligned with, you know, what you can do, um, hopefully where you can have passion as well. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, to, to kind of look at yourself as... Um, uh, as the unit that needs to be um, uh, kind of uh, kind of looked, looked after, right? So what I mean by this is, uh, let's not expect the big corporation to take care, you know, of our future in the best possible way. Mm. So things like continuous education, things like you know, reflecting about where we are and what sort of steps we're making, what sort of relationships we're building, uh, all of these things I think are going to be important because. If you are going to stay in an organization, uh, I think there's going to be more and more value on the people that are really good at what they do, that can take initiative, that can create new value. And if you're sitting outside, basically it's the same thing. You're going to be hired for the exact same reasons. Mm. Um, I think there's more transparency about you know who these people are. Um, you definitely see it now with the proliferation of freelancers around the world, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's easy to spot talent and to go for for that talent. Uh, and, you know, talent also commands a, a, a premium.
0: Yes, so bizarrely, I think in, in moving on from that, there's that bizarre, well, not bizarre, but there's the conversation about what work will be in the future and the kind of, you know, how many hours you'll need to work to earn the kind of money that you would if you were working as an employee of an organization and i think people find that they maybe don't need to work the number of hours that they may have done as an employee and therefore they'll have a lot more time on their hands if they want to do things differently in their life so then you know you talk about work-life balance and i wondered if you had any views on that
1: yeah, I think you're right, and I think first of all, I think it's uh, as someone who's been like me, you know, on my own without a corporation for the last what eight years now, mm. um, it's it's been a slow realization. <laughs> you know, you kind of feel like, oh, now I have to be busy because you know it's still uh, we're in the middle of the day. Yeah, <laughs> um, and that's
0: what I meant to so like. That's how everything. Yeah, exactly. Been. Yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. So it's some getting used to it, but I think you're right that at some point you realize that um, it, it's not the number of hours you work that that you know there's not that correlation um, in terms of money you earn and and and, um, uh, and, and amount of hours you
0: put uh, in work. Yeah.
1: Uh, but you know, I, at the same time, what I think about is at least in the, in the kind of work that I do, um, which is facilitation, innovation, all of that. Mm Um, I feel there's, you know, for me to be a good professional in that space, I need to, you know, I need to learn, right? So, uh, I need to learn about new stuff. I need to read, I need to talk to people, I need to try new things, uh, go maybe, you know, help other people on their projects to, to see how they're done. Um, I need to make sure I keep my energy levels up, right? So you talk about work-life balance. Well, yeah. I think it's you know I've, I've discovered that if I if I come back from a trip, uh, you know it it takes me a while to get back at to to my um, to my energy levels, and so I need to go and you know maybe walk in nature, do some sports, and do some yoga and things like that. So all of that stuff, I think. Uh, for me, I don't, I don't kind of differentiate work and life, so to speak. You know, I feel well, I have um, this um, th- this work in my life, and I'm trying to align it, to weave it into my life, if that makes sense. I don't, I don't kind of make the distinction. And I
0: think that's, I guess, um, where I was heading, which was, it becomes a part of you rather than this nine to five humdrum. It's that feeling that actually you're working. In your life, not for your life, but it's just uh, a far more fluid part of the future than this bizarre construct that I think we've been a part of for a very long time.
1: Absolutely. I like that a lot. Yeah. I, you know, I feel work is an expression of yourself, right? And if you can, I mean, that, that's kind of what I realize. I'm, going for you know i'm working Mm. on um ultimately because you 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 know you find yourself you know the the most i think impactful contribution you can make is in um in being in a place where you're working and and just being honest and being true right and 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 i think that comes from simply being yourself i and um and translating that being yourself into um, being useful to the context is, is uh, I think is where, <coughs> is where <coughs> sorry, is where a lot of the um, is what a, a good professional is. I think, but it comes from being. Yourself. I know,
0: but you know, I've done some research on, you know, what really interests you, or I guess the rabbit hole that you've gone down, and it goes to the inner outer world integration do you want to talk a little bit about that because i think that you really live that and you can tell that when you you know when you engage in anything you do greg i've certainly experienced it myself what do you mean by you know the inner outer world integration
1: Mm, yeah well i i you know i think it's this whole thing of um of unlearning what you've, you know, what you learn through society, family, schools, uh, et cetera, right, which a lot of it, not all of it, but a lot of it was to make you ready for a particular kind of world and a particular kind of mindset. Again, if you take the 20th century, 21st century, um, you know, image, we we were prepared for another 20th century for work in the factory, so to speak. Um, And I think, uh, you know, the kind of um, professionals we need to be in the 21st century are more like artists. And what I mean by this is, you know, when you talk about innovation and creativity and all of this, right, I I think that's, that's what's needed now to understand how you, to understand the context, understand how you respond to context, what value you can create, how you can Mm. solve problem. Uh, And and for that, you need to relate, you need to understand, you don't need to, you need to remove all these filters that are basically obsolete. Um, So so I think that's, that's, you know, the thing about removing those filters also means removing the security that you had and so you kind of feel naked a little bit in that new mm-hmm. space, but that's that's more you, and you need to kind of get start using, uh, start getting used to um, being in that uh, in that new space as you and being comfortable and understanding how the how that works.
0: So I would imagine it's pretty hard to progress in a relevant. Um, I guess, not successful, I don't like using the word successful, but, but kind of useful way if you've got these filters, if you are feeling a bit messy inside because things aren't quite marrying up with what your environment is like. So if you're kind of messy inside with your filters about how things should be, then things aren't quite working out for you. In your ecosystem, in your life, is that what mm-hmm. you mean?
1: Yeah, I think that's that's right. I think I think there's um, there's a, a confusion that can come from, you know, the place I'm at right now, the things I've been told to do, and the kind of codes around me that tell me how I am, you know, behaving in the right way or not, versus uh what i 'm really feeling inside right and um and what that would look like if if I followed that that feeling inside and feeling inside doesn't mean to be something you know uh, um you know mis- extremely mysterious sometimes it is, but it doesn't always have to be it's just some, sometimes very common mm. sensical right when when you just have a f- a feeling of of seeing um, you know, just just take one example for me. One one thing that always strikes me when I get into a workshop is how much people f- uh, seem different as uh, you know professionals in a space versus who they are with their kids at home, mm. right? And so, you know, what kind of products and services they would buy for their kids versus what kind of what kinds of products and services they're building as uh, as professionals. And you know, there's kind of a divide there um and so i think our are you know it's all about bridging that divide or or, or becoming whole yeah, again with right, who so you really are, all of who we are. Yeah. so
0: that's a big mindset shift i mean i can't i i think that's going to be a huge challenge for people i mean what about people working for big organizations now i mean can you uh, shed any light on advice for them and on potentially going, you know, going away from the organization and working for themselves? I mean, you've been doing it for a long time now. I've been doing it for a while, but
1: I can imagine
0: it's a massive mindset shift.
1: Yeah, it's a mindset shift, yeah. I don't think you need to leave your organization to do this mindset shift, you know. I'm... I mean this that's what I did, but because maybe i didn't know better at mm. the time i'm happy I've done it, but you know it was it was a struggle for me you know i when I left my organization after eight years, I was a bit lost you know i didn't know exactly what I was good for, actually I was looking at all these jobs out there and feeling like, well, you know what? I have no idea which ones i'm really mm. qualified for um, so it was really a process for me to um, to understand what you know what i could be um you know using my my energy my talent etc um uh, to to do um but i you know i th- maybe you know going through that struggle is one way but ultimately i think there's something a bit deeper than just saying oh you know i need to go through a struggle etc i think it's um uh it's about coming to a place where you, you feel in tune with yourself, and then are able to uh, respond to what's going on in your in your environment. And I I don't think you cannot not do that in an organization. I think you can be that person. Um, Is you know and, and and behave differently inside an organization. I think there's you know, there's great people inside organizations, yeah. obviously that are ethical and they have integrity with, you know, how who are progressive too, let's be honest, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And that take risks, right? I think this is one, one thing, right? You, when you are out here, out in the, in the world without the sa- safety and security of an organization, sometimes you have to take risks, right? You have to scare yourself to try and have another, a new conversation with someone or try something new. You don't know if it's going to work. Sometimes inside organizations, we're so protected and shielded. You know, we kind of do our day-to-day job. We've forgotten what it means to really go for what we feel is right. And that's another, I think, way of saying how yeah. to take a risk. Um, so I think, you know, uh, rediscovering that also within organizations is is something that's that's, and hope, yeah, hopefully
0: organisations are prepared to hold an ecosystem that allows for that, which I think is, the you know, the potential success of whether an organisation will be disrupted or not because if they allow people to be themselves more fully then they're le- less likely, I think, to be disrupted because people won't be leaving, you know, they'll yeah. have m- more creative professionals working for them and coming up with innovative solutions to some of the problems that they've got
1: I agree 100% with that yeah and I think this is back to the conversation of you know now from the point of view of a leader or a management team you know what kind of organizations yeah, that's right. you build know, It's so one for the 20th century one for yeah. the 21st century.
0: so listen talking in that kind of way have you had a kind of aha moment in your life and and what was it? There must have been something because you've you've clearly had an interesting journey having, you know, not worked for an organisation for a long time.
1: Mm. Yeah, many ahas. Um,
0: What's the one I, that stands I out mean, to I, you the most? What, what do you think, wow, that really yeah. changed me, that really had a massive impact on me? And it could be bad. It could have been a bad moment.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, maybe that transition out of my lofty organization, the kind of struggle oh, the I the World Economic about Forum. Before.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I was feeling like, well, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? And, and I had that question in my head for a while, <laughs> while being at yeah, the World right. Economic Forum, right? And so at some point, I decided to, to leave and to try and figure it out. Um I don't think I prepared myself for, for that, you know, and it, it felt quite uh scary actually being out there without that big organization. Um but so I don't know if there was a big aha moment like one, but you know, a succession of just learnings and insights about who, who I am in this world, right? Um and what um, what can I contribute um, and and understanding that you know from you know going one kind of experience after another um, has been for me my my building process it absolutely continues to to uh, to be the case right now right just to to go from one experience to another and understanding how I can um, be and do what I do what i what i am and do in a in a better way so it's it's you know it's not been like one thing but it's just succession it's been a journey of 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 um of going out there and and i guess exposing myself to um um to a bunch of of, of new places but then I, i'll say i'll say i'll add uh, to this uh, one i guess um turning point is in that process when I, when I let myself uh, experiment, when I let myself um, be okay with doing something that was imperfect and that mm-hmm. might even fail, right? So I, I kind of had, I always had a bit of an idealistic mindset, right? And so leaving my job, I thought, you know, I'm just going to be on my own. I'm going to do the the right type of things for myself and for the the world out there. Um and and great, you know, I'm still kind of uh working towards this, but along the way, you know, I think for me it was for me at least, it was important to say, you know what, there is an opportunity here, and it might not look like exactly what you had in your mind, but taking it will get you somewhere else. Um and that that has been something I, I did not have in my head before and when i did it i started realizing wow you know it's actually cool right so leave your head aside a little bit and embrace the opportunities that are presented to you that 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 really makes me made me uh, and still makes yeah, me yeah so uh, move almost
0: forward. the aha moment was it's okay to be a little bit vulnerable
1: yeah absolutely yeah yeah i mean that that's that's a big one i agree and and i think in my case, it was also don't be too stuck, you know. And I guess it's one part of vulnerability, right? So open yourself up. Leave your mental concepts aside and be okay to go out there and, and do something um, that's, that's you know, is just there mm, and that you're being mm. called for. So vulnerability is, is definitely one one. Yeah, a big part of that.
0: So saying that, I mean, I'm quite keen to focus on the humanistic aspect of the future. I mean, what can all of us do, do you feel? I mean, I am asking you this because I think you're constantly focusing on problems and the human face of the solutions to those problems. What do you feel we can do as humans to prepare ourselves for the rapidly changing environment that's already happening, but that's going to increase in pace? I mean, it's going to increase in pace, Greg. What can we do to prepare ourselves for the future of work? Mm. You've talked about, yep, yeah, get ready, be a bit more vulnerable, be a bit more nimble. Is there, anything, is there anything else that you feel that people can do that might be listening to us today?
1: Well, I, you know, I think <clears throat> there's this, this whole strand of, you know, getting to know yourself better and being centered as a human being, Um, you know, and there's many ways to approach this, uh, you know, through sports, meditation, yoga, all sorts of activities that are tools help you do that. Um, I think, you know, as the world accelerates, Mm -hmm. as you say, as change accelerates, there's going to be just more um, input coming into our lives and more chances of being thrown off rail right um and so being able to keep your center i think is going to be you know is going to be what what really matters because if you're in your center then you kind of look at all of these things that pass in front of you um without being pulled left right and center by um by all of these things right and so in a professional space, but as well in a in a private space, right? I think relationships, you know, is is the is is it's even more important in relationships, I would say. Sometimes you go to work and you can hide a little bit, right? In a relationship, it's very difficult to do that. Um, so being centered as human beings, I think just just is gonna be extremely valuable. Um, whatever you wanna do, I think. Just you know, if you wanna be happy sitting and doing nothing or if you want to be successful in the marketplace, I think that, that mm. that's that's gonna matter more and more.
0: Um okay I'm gonna get into some I mean they were relatively personal questions anyway, Greg, but I'm gonna get even more personal and slightly quirky <laughs> because I think it's a bit more fun, particularly <laughs> leading up to Christmas. <laughs> so yeah, 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 yeah. So listen yeah, so um, go for it. I remember when I spoke to you before I was talking about advice that you would give your 20-year-old self, but since then I've spoken to someone and they were saying, no, 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 you've got it wrong, Lizzie, you've got it wrong. You actually need to work out what you'd ask that would impact you today. And I thought, yeah, and he goes, so you would say the question is, what would your 80-year-old self say to you today if you, had a chat with them. Uh-huh. What advice would they give you, your eighty-year-old self? What advice could they give you today? Which I thought was really interesting. So yeah, flipped it, zero, totally right? flipped it. Obviously, let me let me know that I didn't know what I was talking zero, about. Yeah. He was a futurist. He was far, far, far more on the balls than I was. <laughs> and I thought, no, it's so true because his whole, his whole, his whole uh, take on that was. What is it that you can do today, you know? You don't want to think about your 20-year-old self. Yeah. You want to think about what you yeah, can do today relevant. that's different. So, yeah, what does that 80-year-old self say to you?
1: Yeah, good question. So, Sorry. And, yeah, <laughs> it's a like, I think it's a good, no, one, it's, it's, it's a good and one. I
0: didn't prepare <laughs> you for it. Sorry about that. But, you know.
1: Oh, that's. That's, that's, uh, those are the best, best questions. Um, I, I would say, you know, don't be, um, don't be, don't be too scared. Don't be too, um, concerned with, um, the kind of things that you think you've acquired. Um, and just, you know, kind of go in and be yourself like we were talking about before, right? Um, so meaning that if, you know, these things that you feel pulled towards that are, you know, that feel good, the kind of inspirations you have, the little whispers, you know, in your life actually matter uh, because at the end they, they are the ones, if you follow them, that... Um you know, make I think a life well lived, you know they, they are the ones that that um, yeah that make a difference instead of trying to kind of yeah. build up your yeah. fortress your network so to speak
0: you know it's crazy. Yeah mm, I, love that. That stuff, I love that I love that that sounded really nice. So okay, another question. Um, what did you ask from Santa? given that Christmas is coming up. What did you ask from Santa when you were growing up, when you were a kid? Did, yeah. Can you remember?
1: Oh, wow. Um, I have to think. I have to go back there. What kind um, of kid were you,
0: Greg? I mean, clearly you liked tennis, didn't you? Did you want a tennis racket?
1: I I did. <laughs>
0: It would not surprise me.
1: <laughs> I probably have asked yeah. for tennis racket once in a while, yeah. <laughs> but I was, um, I was, you know, I was a kid. I, so I had this uh, oh, mechanical fabulous. train, you know, this model train thing. Yeah. So I was. I was, building, I was building that. I was building a lot of games when I was a kid. So uh, I was not only playing games like, you know, table games and stuff like that, but I was, yeah, I was right. uh, building new games so that others would play. So, yeah, so that was kind of my a big part of my universe, I guess, building new worlds and new games that, that people could mm-hmm. enjoy and play and have a good time with and Dreamer. go kind of on an adventure and stuff like that. Um, so
0: you still haven't yeah. answered my question, Greg. What did you ask from
1: Santa? What did I ask? Yeah, so I, I don't know. This whole world, I remember at least one time back to the model train, I asked for, um, so I had a whole setup in the attic of, of our family house uh, with, you know, these trains going and yeah. etc. So there's a whole landscape. Um I asked for a for a tunnel, you know, because in in Switzerland tunnels are a big, you know, it's big disastrous piece of what Swiss if you're people do. <laughs> and so my my <laughs> landscape okay. was missing a tunnel. <laughs> And I remember asking for a tunnel, and I remember my parents not (laughs) being okay with it. I don't know, it was too expensive or something like that at the time. (laughs) And I cried really hard. So, but that's classic.
0: It's always the pain. It's always the pain you remember. It's incredible, isn't it?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember exactly where it took place. It was actually in the streets in Zurich, next to the toy shop.
0: (laughs) I'll have to remember that in the future. I might just send you a tunnel one (laughs) year. (laughs) okay
1: next
0: question um so what habit do you do every day that you think contributes to who you are to your well-being you're very chilled greg
1: um um i so yeah i do uh it's changed over the years but what i do these days is um I do sun salutations, you know, yoga, just the sun salutation part of yoga um, keeps me kind of in, gets me in my body in the morning, feels like a bit of a sense of harmony. Um, So it's a very short thing, you know, it takes maybe, I don't know, 10 minutes or something like that. Um, But I do that. And recently I've gone back into meditation. uh, In the last 15 years, I've kind of gone in and out of meditation. Um, and now I feel like, yeah, I'm getting back into it a bit. So, yeah, I think I mean, good.
0: in the past, you've yeah. talked about the you know, reading a bit about Eckhart Tolle, and you know, the things we create outside are a reflection yeah. of how we are inside.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love, I love, uh, yeah, I love him. I think he's, yeah, he's, ex- yeah, the kind of people that I feel we need to hear more from because he, he has something where he, for me you know he and I think for mm. millions of other people that follow him sounds like feels like he's, he's really touching uh, something deep um, and um, you know there's a lot of noise also around spirituality and in you know how to put in your life and what that means and advice and stuff like that and for me he is one of these guys that kind of goes uh, you know uh, beneath all of that noise and really touches something deep um that that you can discover yourself so um so yeah i really love listening to him mm. following like his advice and um and 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 you know back to the idea of being centered being a good professional and all of that stuff it, there's for me a very close connection between those kind of things you can do at that level, the kind of things that Eckhart Tolle talks about, um, and the kind of then professional you're in the world, the kind of things that you put out in the world, right? They're a direct expression yeah. of, of, of who you are. So if you're centered, you, you know, create things that are healthier, more yeah. harmonious.
0: and if you're kind of living in the now, as in being present, then you're far more likely to be able to work yeah. well as a professional. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah. absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a whole thing. I don't know if he's done this, but uh, I think there's a whole book to write about, uh, you know, being in the now in the workplace, you know. Um, yeah. And, how, and what that Well, means. and
0: not being in uh, the now, what you miss. Uh, the, so being in the now is all about seeing what's there, yeah. the whispers that you talk about, you know. You talk about the whispers, that it's like you can only hear the whisper. Yeah. If you're in the now.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, if you're listening, if you're paying attention, uh, like now. Uh, okay, absolutely. next one.
0: Uh, what is the one thing that you replenish the most in your fridge? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, I think it would have to be solid. <laughs> okay. Just lettuce. <laughs> It's not extremely no. <laughs> interesting so- and exciting, but that's true. <laughs> every day, I think very every nice, day we very have nice. salads in the fridge. Just uh, like to, uh, and we mix more interesting stuff. What do you the put in food. a salad? But what yeah, do you put in a salad?
0: Uh, Come on, tell me.
1: <laughs> it's been. Yeah. All right. So avocado. Cool. That's something I he keeps posting about smashed, avocado. smashed <laughs> avocado
0: it's like it's not all about you Bernard it's not all about you <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go I, I like that oh, okay. uh, cashew nuts is a big one yeah cashew nuts avocado I mean you know tomatoes um I love yeah. that so I think the big secret is in the dressing and so, right now, I mix olive oil, balsamic oh, vinegar, and sesame tahini. seeds. And that's, okay, that's, that's my secret dressing. Sesame, yeah, seeds. that's right. Yeah, but the paste, the paste, right? So it gets like this nice, yeah. uh dressing. Oh, sticks to okay. It, to there you have it, listeners. That
0: is the top tip from Greg <laughs> Bernhala.
1: Fabulous.
0: <laughs> that sounds good. Next time you're coming to Australia, you can do a salad for all of us. Okay.
1: Okay. I will. I will, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got, I don't come think I'll be at to Zerac anytime.
0: So the kids just want to go to London or New York. They're so boring. So 20th century Greek. <laughs> you know, there's so many other places to go and they're like, can we go to London, can we go to New York? I'm like, really? I mean, I love those towns, don't get me wrong, but.
1: They, ha- they, ha-
0: they haven't tried your salad yet. Yeah. I'll try and they sell it. salad. They haven't tried my salad yet. I'll do that. I'll do that. So what item have you bought recently mm, that was like under 100 bucks <laughs> that you now see as an invaluable thing in your life?
1: Mm. Ah, uh,
0: yeah, it's got to be cheap. It's got to be not cheap. Bucks. Cheap is the wrong word. Inexpensive. Or should I say affordable. Mm. Inexpensive I like though. It means it doesn't have to cost you a lot of money. Big on, you know, stoic philosophy. Keep it simple.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Might have to do something in the kitchen because since I got back to Switzerland, I started cooking a lot and I've just enjoyed, you know, having – so starting with, like, simple, you know, kind of gear, but all of a sudden enjoying, you know, you can upgrade to a good knife. So maybe a good knife. Yeah, a good a knife. Good knife. That's, that's, that, that would be a thing. You know, enjoying having a good knife in the kitchen that cuts through vegetables and, you know, that, that, that's been a yeah, yeah. joy. So I agree. love to pull it out every time. Okay. That's Sounds really good. Less than 100 bucks.
0: So thank you very much for all of that. So is there anything else that you'd like to just mention? We're gonna wrap it up fairly shortly. That you would have liked to have brought up that I haven't in our conversation today. That you think you'd like to share?
1: No, I don't think so. I think I I enjoyed where it where it went. Um, and you know these these different. I guess what I see emerging from our conversation, which I find fascinating, is this whole holistic picture of. Um, you know who we are. Who we who who are we gonna be in the future? What kind of work? Uh, what kind of organizations and systems are gonna support that? I feel we touched on some of you know a lot of these different aspects, and I am gonna be curious to see how we're gonna weave these different uh, these different aspects together as as yeah as we continue our our journey. So. Yeah, cool. thank you for Well, it was so um, great easy.
0: to chat to you. Thanks so much for spending some time with us today and sharing your journey, your stories and your expertise and knowledge around the future of work and how you do business. It is always such a pleasure talking to you, Greg. I hope next time you're down in Melbourne you'll give us a buzz and we can catch up again to hear what you're doing in the innovation space. Are you going to be coming to Australia soon or do you think it will be a while before you come
1: back? For. For sure, October. We want to oh, do okay, another cool. masterclass in October, like like this year. Well, it was fab. Yeah, maybe. Great before, having we'll you
0: see. on. Thanks so much, and I look forward to talking to you and see, well, following what you're doing over in um, Zurich and Europe and, and certainly China as well. It, it all looks so interesting. So I love what you do in the innovation space, and I think a lot of people do as well, so they'll, they'll be watching you very carefully.
1: see well, ah, thanks Lizzie no worries. <laughs> thank you very much for hosting me <laughs> bye bye